The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. As some spoke of the temple, how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings, Jesus said, As for these things which you see, the days will come when there shall not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And they asked him, Teacher, when will this be? And what will be the sign when this is about to take place? And he said, Take heed that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Do not go after them. And when you hear of wars and tumults, do not be terrified. For this must first take place, but the end will not be at once. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and in various places famines and pestilences, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. As we draw to the end of ordinary time, so also we draw and come to the end of the, uh, draw near to the end of the Lord's public ministry. And so this moment here, after he has seen the widow who has deposited uh, everything that she had into the treasury, the Lord is leaving the temple now for the last time. He will return to Jerusalem only for the Passover for his passion and for his death and resurrection. And so as he is leaving the temple in joy over the humble soul that he has seen in this widow who has deposited from all that she had and given from all that she had into the temple, but also with sorrow in the fact that the temple has not welcomed him, that the one for whom it was built has not been welcomed, but rather they are still seeking to cast him out. And so in that leaving then, you have this moment where we've spoken before, the disciples turn and they look at the edifice and they are amazed by the edifice and they love the beauty of it. And that is also the great sadness, which is very often we are attracted to the things that appear on the surface. We judge things as they appear on the surface, whereas the Lord sees the heart. While the Lord has been marveling about the noble soul that is in the widow, they are adoring and loving the noble stones. While the Lord has been admiring the radiance of the light of the faith that came from that humble widow, they are amazed at the radiance of all of the beautiful stones and the gold that adorns the temple. They are focusing on what is exterior, and the Lord is always trying to draw them interior. The Lord looks to the heart, and that is where he judges. And they have rejected him from the temple. And it is in sorrow then that he leaves the temple, 
But in order to help to break his disciples from this superficial love and to look for things that are deeper, he points out the fact that even in the natural order of time, that temple would crumble. But he is speaking here about what will happen not, not even 35 years later, where all of these stones that they were looking at would be laid waste by Roman authorities. The days will come when there shall not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And then the disciples say, when will this be? What will be the sign? And the Lord says, many will come in his name and many will say the time is at hand. So what do we know about the Lord's second coming? There will be no doubt about it. When the Lord comes in glory, it will be obviously Christ. It's not something that we might be confused by. Is this him? When the Lord comes in glory, it is, as it says, from the east to the west, there is this radiation of his glory that fills all of creation. And so any others that come in Christ's name claiming to be him are easily dismissed because we know where Christ is as he is present with us now. He is here. He is here in the Blessed Sacrament. We follow Christ's words and not anyone else's. This is my body, this is my blood. That's our surety. The Lord is with us here, and that is where our focus should be and not following anyone else. And also the time is at hand, they will come and say. But the Lord says, do not go after them. Some interpretations say refuse to go after them or refuse to join them. So often that type of thinking can just be fruitless. Our minds are made for the contemplation of God and his works. But there is often the temptation to contemplate the works of evil. It is in a certain sense to abuse the beautiful faculty that we have been given to contemplate the truth. We are supposed to contemplate God, what he has done, the scriptures, his love, his works. That's where our mind and our heart should be focused. And even in the midst of wars and rumors of wars, again, he says, do not be terrified. Do not be afraid. How can the Lord command us to do what sometimes we feel so helpless in? How can the Lord command us not to be afraid? Because fear is an act of the will. To be afraid is an act of the will. Sometimes the exterior circumstances can increase that terror but we choose to love. We choose peace in God. We choose confidence and trust in our Heavenly Father. And he says, do not be terrified. This will all and this must all take place, but the end will still not be. And then he goes and he says, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be wars from without. There will also be wars from within. A lot of the church fathers, they interpret this as well as all of the interior and spiritual conflicts and battles that go on in the human soul. The war that rages between grace and God's kingdom and sin and evil. There will be great earthquakes. This can represent, as some of the church fathers say, 
It's when the foundations are shaken. And so in a certain sense, it points to the interior. It's when grace might be shaken in a soul because of sin and grace might be lost. In that way, the foundations of the interior are shaken. And so they must be regained. Grace must be reclaimed through the sacraments for the soul in order that the foundations will then again settle in peace. And in various places, there will be famines. Famine is when there is a lack of fruitfulness, a lack of love it can represent. And so it can also, we can be in the interior in a certain sense in famine, when our charity is not manifest in love for God and love for neighbor. And there can also be pestilence, sickness, sickness of soul, the different vices and sins that can creep into the soul and that make it ill. So also these need to be overcome by God's mercy and his grace, which we again receive through the sacraments. And so what the Lord is pointing to us, pointing us to today is this hope and this confidence that we have in his presence with us. We don't just look forward to the second coming of Christ. We should love the fact that he is with us truly now. If we love him now, we will love him at his second coming. If we spend time with him now and come to know him now, what then do, should we be afraid of at the coming of Christ? As one of the readings from this past week says, how can we say we love Jesus if we are afraid of his second coming? How can we say we love Christ if we are afraid of the fact that he will come again as judge? Love casts out fear. And so then also in our interior, we need to pray for the grace of perseverance, that the foundations of grace in our soul will never be shaken or lost. We need to pray for the grace to be fruitful, that all of the gifts and graces that the Lord has given us will bear fruit in acts of love towards God and neighbor, and that the Lord will protect us from pestilence, exterior, yes, but mostly interior, that the Lord will always in his mercy deliver us from sin. And in this way, we can confidently and peacefully and with great hope await the coming of Jesus Christ. Amen.